everybody, this is the Wild Ass Podcast, and I am your host, Wild Ass Craig. This is episode 10, and in this episode, I get to introduce all of you to Brett Kent of KST Customs. I first met Brett and a couple of his in-laws close to a decade ago in Daytona Beach while there for Bike Week. This was right after KST Customs was founded in 2012 by Brett's family. At that time, I got to know not only him, but his father-in-law Sid and brother-in-law Rhett. Almost instantly, we all became friends and we continued seeing each other at various events throughout the country. We'll touch more on KST later because, as all of you know, this podcast is about introducing you to the people and friends that I have in the motorcycle industry. This brings us back to Brett, so let's get to his story. Brett's married to his high school sweetheart, Aaliyah, and together they have three children, Hannah, Zeeland, and Eden. They live on their family farm in Bremen, Georgia, where they grew up. Together, they've raised their three children lived outside the country, and been on numerous mission trips. We'll talk about those, Brett's history with motorcycles, and even about his time working inside the industry. I'm really looking forward to this one, so it's time for me to say, Brett, welcome to the show. Welcome, Craig. I appreciate you having me on today, man. Yeah, I know uh, you're at work. I'm at work, so if, if interruptions happen, they happen, but I want to appreciate you for taking the time out of your day to join me here for Episode 10. Absolutely, man. Couldn't uh, actually not at work today. We took a uh, good Friday off, so I'm sitting at the home, locked in my truck, away from the kids at the moment. <laughs> so yes, we are recording today. Is Good Friday, and I didn't realize you had the day off, but it's crazy. You have to lock yourself in the truck to get away from the kids. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you know, it can be a bit rowdy. Uh, three of them from eleven to six, it gets uh, gets a bit crazy. So if you don't get away and lock yourself, uh, it can get loud and, uh, and and a bit wild. Yeah, I bet. That's funny. So we'll get to your kids in a little bit. You sent me a bio. It was actually quite detailed. Thank you for that. There's a lot of stuff in there. One thing I didn't see after high school, you went to college. What did you go to college for? Uh, a business degree. Um, I actually, uh, Aaliyah and I started dating years ago, which I'm sure you'll talk about more, but we uh, we went down to Auburn uh, and she went to Auburn University and I went up the road to Southern Union uh, to a two-year school chasing uh, chasing a business degree i knew you know years before that, that business was something that i wanted to chase and create so that that's what i went after uh, straight out of high school two years i didn't realize that and and that leads me right into this your wife you guys are high school sweethearts talk about that yeah man um uh, you know it's uh, one of those stories you don't hear quite as uh, quite as often anymore just because there's so much uh, so much going on in the world and, and, and things that you can do now differently from you know decades ago but uh, we grew up together uh, from from kindergarten on, and started dating in high school, uh, our, our end of our sophomore year. So then, uh, from then on, we, we we've been together from 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 sixteen up to today at thirty three. So spent many many years together and around each other our entire lives. After high school, we, we went off to college, and then two years into college, we went ahead and got married uh, at twenty. And uh, I, I began a, a a professional life and she finished up her four years at Auburn and got an education degree and uh, the rest is kind of history. So she got an education degree. So she's a licensed teacher. She is. She, she hasn't used it in, uh, in, in the, in the public school system per se, but uh, she got, she started off chasing nursing and uh, you never know what, what twists and turns in life will bring you. And after the first year, she just kind of felt the heart change and started pursuing education and, so that's how she finished her degree with a, with a, with an education degree. And then, you know, a couple of years later, we have our own kids and, and, and twists and turns of life have brought us to homeschool and all three of them, actually. So uh, she's using a degree that, that's beneficial to her, uh, just not in the, in the school system. So reading your bio, the kids, you talk about having three kids. Tell us their ages. Hannah's the oldest, right? Yeah. So it's actually Sydney Hannah. She has uh, two names, I guess, kind of a uh, kind of odd thing, but uh, that's what my wife wanted to chase after. So, uh, Sydney Hannah is eleven, Zeeland is eight, and Eden, my youngest, is six. And uh, all three of her homeschooled by by her. So it's I, I didn't realize that till I was reading the bio how long we've known each other because I remember talking about travels, and it was that time where you would have put Sydney Hannah into school. And you were really wondering about the homeschooling thing. And I remember talking about that. I think we were either in Daytona or Sturgis when we had that conversation. Do you remember that? It, it was probably Sturgis, honestly. That would have been, you know, the start of the school year. We actually, her first year, you know, where, you know she could go to public school in kindergarten. She she actually went to public school for, for the first year. 
And then uh, as it progressed, because of our travel uh, and my work life, you know, it was, we were, we, I was spending too much time away and didn't like being away from the family. And so that was kind of the entry, you know, introduction into, well, what about this homeschool idea? And uh, neither had, you know, neither of us had, had experienced that um, in any level. So uh, it was a, a new, a new thing to us, but the more that we started reading into it and, and just the, the freedom that it brought to our family, that's, that's the reason that we jumped off into it. And I don't know that my wife has any, has any, you know, ideas of changing. I don't know. I mean, What's crazy is you're homeschooling, but you have a licensed teacher doing the job. That's, that's yeah, got to be right. pretty rare, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know how many, uh, you know, statistically how that happens, or you know, often, but uh, but it does. It works out great. You know, obviously mothers and, and their voice into kids' lives is, is super, super important. So I can't imagine that any different now, but then you do have uh, a background in education and, and a degree in it. So that just brings a whole other level of confidence uh, and comfort to me as a, you know, as, as a dad that, you know, I have not only my, my wife uh, and mother and my kids, you know, teaching them every day what we won't like to look like, but uh, also, uh, you know, has, has a background in education. So it's a, it's a win-win for sure. Absolutely. I remember you talking about this because the school system doesn't allow them so much time off. They say they have to be in class when you can prove that you're teaching them more on the road when you leave for, you know, a couple weeks at a time than they're teaching. Sure. Them. I mean, they're learning more. And in a variety of topics and subjects. So that's that's cool. I'm glad it's coming out. It just gives them a a different perspective of life for sure. And uh, because we get to travel the country doing, you know, doing our job, they get to see, you know, all areas of the country uh, from from the, from the East coast to the West coast and uh, get to see a lot. And in that process, learn what life looks like, what hard work looks like and what uh, cultures in different parts of the country looks like. So there's a lot of, lot of different things that they can pull and, and glean from when, when they're on the road that they're not just getting taught, you know, academics through a, through a school book. For sure. And I'm guessing that you also have all these relatable incidents to use as teaching moments when it comes time that you get to help out too. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I traditionally fall into the fun zone, right? So uh, she gets to do all the nitty-gritty, and traditionally when I get to fall in, into the school, school room, if you will. It's normally doing something fun. You know, different parts of the country, we, we've done, you know, history in Sturgis and, you know, crab hunting and different things, to, to fish world and, and things like that. And uh, Ocean City, Maryland, and different, just, just different things that you get in, in all the different places in the country that we get to, you know, visit. Um, and so there's a lot, a lot, a lot of things that they get to see that your average kid does not based on the choices that we've made. I didn't think we'd go that far into it, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Because when you go and you're teaching Sturgis, I think you guys stay down by Deadwood. Do you? That's right. Is that the history you teach them of kind of that area? Here's what happened here, and here's how that shaped things. Well, there's definitely aspects of that for sure. You know, my, I mean, we we buy curriculums, and we actually invest in three of them each year, um, and, and it kind of kind of some is more structured than others, and, and uh, but inside of those curriculums, obviously, there's you know there's space baseline things that, that you kind of go off of and, and my wife because of the age difference you know she has to pull a little bit you know more for my 11 year old than she does the six-year-old obviously and but it absolutely allows for that time to to speak specifically to uh, an area in our country or you know in, in, in u.s history and things like that that she can uh, really focus you know focus in on while you're in those areas but uh, you know, curriculum still gives. There's still guidelines to some of those things that just keep them on track. You know, for for a, for a school year. But you know, absolutely, when you go to the, the different parts of the country, there's there's points that you can bring out uh, that may not be in line with what they're learning in that you know that season. But uh, but it gives you the chance to to bring it up. You know, to bring it in. It may be not be a focus for you know the rest of the year, but it's a focus for you know the, the 17 days that we're in Sturgis. So. There's things like that that allow uh, the freedom that comes with homeschool is that, in, in her in her opinion, is, is it allows for the freedom to flow, right? It's not based on a, a standardized test they have to teach to or anything like that. It's just really chasing after life. And then it gives you the freedom to, hey, I've, I've got a two-week window here that we can focus in on this part of history of, you know, of America or whatever the case may be. And so you can you can get off of the books and really focus on that for, for those, you know, couple weeks or couple days and then jump right back into curriculum, you know, once you get back to the home uh, or whatever. So it just allows a uh, much, uh, much more free uh, in how you chase life. I can only imagine. I'm a, I'm a lot jealous now that I didn't do the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, I don't have a licensed educator's uh, degree, so 
that's it definitely that's really uh, cool. it's definitely growing you know that 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 community of, of homeschoolers just in our area they have a a, a local meeting every week with a, a cell of people that that they meet with on a, on a weekly basis so they're still getting a lot of time with people and, and other kids their ages and things like that so that community just in our local area is, is growing tremendously but uh, you know around the world honestly i mean the statistics are are going out the roof right now for homeschooling with some of the things that are taking place in, in the world so locally our community is, is growing uh, fairly heavy and, and, and large and so they have a uh, a small group meeting that's a couple families every single week, and then once a month they get together. I think with about thirty families, uh, and meet at a, a local assembly and, and get together and hang out and do you know school activities and PE and all the fun things and art and, and different things. So they're around people, uh, you know, uh, pretty consistently just to, for the school, you know, school part of life. That's really cool. Going back to your story, when you uh, and we'll touch back on the kids here, I'm sure. Going back to your story, I should say, the uh, after college, you had noted that you lived outside of the country for a while. Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, so um, Ali and I had an opportunity uh, her last semester getting an education degree. You, you, you could do your you know study teaching or uh, the student teaching, I should say, uh, abroad, and uh, so the opportunity came, and uh, us being. Uh, adventurous we uh we, we wanted to chase that and, and use that season as an opportunity to go see something else so Leah and I spent uh, six months of, of the last semester of her school in New Zealand and uh so we went over there in January which happened to be their summertime and a fantastic time to, to spend over on in that country in that part of the world so we uh we we went in January came home uh sometime May, so almost six months, and just really soaked it up. She, she went to school every day uh, in the classroom doing the, 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 the teacher thing for, for a couple months, and uh, on the weekends, we would get out and about and explore the country. And spent most of our time on the North Island uh, of New Zealand, but uh, did take a two-week break for something they, they just considered it kind of like a spring break deal. Uh, we went on the South Island and rented a little van and started at the top of the, the South Island and traveled down to the bottom of it, uh, just exploring for two weeks and then flew back to the North Island and finished it up. But um, just got to experience that culture and that country and just absolutely fell in love with it, fell in love with the people and uh, and actually named my son uh, at, after that country uh, and that time that we got to spend there. So it was a really, really good growth period for Aaliyah and I got to see something completely different that you know oftentimes people don't get to you know experience so something that we treasure for sure absolutely what so one thing you said is that she worked every day teaching what did you do um well i started out just being a bum honestly uh, we had <laughs> that's an what i was thinking <laughs> <laughs> yeah we uh we had an apartment there and uh in downtown auckland which is, is the main city there and for for about a week or two it was okay it was you know an extended vacation but then boredom started to come in because she wasn't around. So I didn't go explore because we wanted to do that together. And so we used our weekends for that. But uh, once that started setting in, I actually just started volunteering at the school. So I would go into the same grade that she was in um, and, and just did whatever, the, you know, the teachers, however I could be helpful. So some days I would spend working with, you know, kids doing math. Some days we would do reading, just play it in the field. Uh, they spent a lot of time in, in New Zealand culture i guess inside of their school system they do a lot of outdoor activity even just classroom activity outside instead of you know inside of a, a building uh so just however i could help so the, the, the majority of the trip i went three days a week and, and would go and just help out however i could and sometimes that looked like play and sometimes that looked like instruction but you know just got to got to see how they did life as well uh, so that gives you a little education background as well well a little bit you know yeah. by no means uh educated there but uh had a good time being around that setting and what that looks like and uh, how they do it compared to what i grew up in and different things like that you can you can really grow and develop you know seeing how other people do it for sure did you also say in your bio and i'm wondering if this is where it came from but i'm guessing not but your wife is a photographer she is so she she owns her own photography business and for for many years when the kids were younger she really really chased it hard obviously time allowed more since you know uh, kids are to the age now where school is important, the you know it's it, it slowed down a bit just out of necessity. But uh, she still does it. She still makes a, a, a fair living at it, to be honest. Uh, and she she could have a, a really really strong business uh, if she pursued it. She just doesn't have quite as much time now that she's you know teaching three kids how to how to do life. Sure. 
Another thing, so you guys have traveled quite a bit, which is cool. You know, we work in an industry that lets us do that. I always say I'm one of the luckiest people alive, and you'd probably attest to that for what we get to do. We kind of go stand on parking lots and talk about motorcycles all day. But uh, in the winter, you don't do that. So what's your annual trip? Tell us about that. Yeah, man. So um, because of our our scheduling and, and, and where we are in life and the freedom that we have, owning, you know, in ownership of, of, of both of our own businesses, it, it allows us uh, some freedom to do it. So we spend, uh, I guess this will be year six, going to, to Utah, which is, is our favorite state in the country. And, and there's just so much adventure out there. And we, you know, and we love the mountains. Um, we, we take the whole month off, set it aside, and it's just the time for us to be completely present to the kids, maybe a, a dad and a, and a husband, and uh, just really be present to each other uh, for, for a couple weeks. Uh, and enjoy the mountains. We uh, it's kind of funny being from from Georgia. You, you don't really hear often that you have a, a passion for skiing, uh, snow skiing, and it, it being from where we're from. But uh, we started doing it when we were young. She, my wife started at age three, and so once we started dating, I started going on trips and fell in love with the mountains and uh, have a passion for skiing and absolutely just love it. And so we we take the whole month uh, of January off, and it's a slower month for the motorcycle industry. Most bikes are parked. And, um, obviously the business is still rolling and, and we manufacture parts consistently, but uh, it allows me to, to kind of take a step back and, and be present completely to the family and act as a, almost a reset for us so that we can kind of get geared back up for, uh, for the new year and start the year pretty much in March, uh, you know, hitting the road again and doing all the events across the country. So that's, that's, that's something that we've, uh, we've, we've started and, and for, I don't know if I'll ever stop it as long as I can. It's just, uh, it's a really, really good couple of weeks where we can, you know, enjoy uh, each other's company, but doing something that all, all five of us uh, absolutely love. And uh, we, we started our kids out on skis two and a half years old. Uh, all three of them are, are really good skiers uh, today. So we, it's something that we can do together uh, and absolutely love it. That's great. I was looking at the ages of your kids quick. You're probably done then at this point. You said five of us. Absolutely. I'm like, wait, is there going to be six? Is there going to be seven? <laughs> heck no, heck no. We've uh, we've reached reached that step and took the measures to make sure that doesn't happen again. So uh, there there's no uh, no intention there. You know, who knows what God has for us? Uh, she's always pushing uh, for more, but I've taken the precautions to make sure that that doesn't take place. So uh, right now, and uh, where we're at, we're we're happy with the vibe that we've got, and it works really well for us. But no, I have no intention to do another, that's for sure. Okay. Well, and the age you're at, which is really cool, as your kids get older, you're not, you're getting older as well, but when uh, your youngest is ready to move out, you and the wife are still young enough to go and enjoy Absolutely. life with the two of you. You'll still be young enough. You'll have the energy. Absolutely. Uh, that's cool. That was kind of on purpose, not that we get to, to decide everything, clearly, but uh, that was that was an intentional thing. We, we I wanted to be done at 25. And she wasn't quite done, so uh, Eden came along, you know, a year or two after. But uh, that was definitely intention. You know, I, I wanted to be a age where we could really enjoy life and uh, and do it with them. So that's what we prioritize. And part of our history is, uh, is is our kids and showing them uh, the most out of life that we can uh, when we all can enjoy it. So that's definitely something that we've chased. Any younger listeners should be paying attention to that right there. When you go to Utah, do you own a place out there? Do you rent? Do you stay at a I don't. Resort? We uh, now we uh we stay in Heber City, which is just a valley on the other side of Park City, um, and it's a valley we fell in love with, and and maybe one day we we will have a place out there, and it's uh it's definitely a goal of ours. But no, I've 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 gotten really lucky and found a a family in Florida who has a home, and I guess this will be I think uh, my fifth year in, in this particular uh, rental, but it's just in the neighborhood in the valley there, and it's a nice big home that we can all enjoy and and doesn't break the bank and so we uh honestly we we found it and it's, it's a really lucky situation that the, the housing my rental is super super cheap most families couldn't go out there and stay in a place for a week for what my investment is for a month so it's really really worked out to our advantage and i've, I've you know kept in contact i found the home through vrbo but have uh have since built a relationship with the with the lady and communicate very fairly frequent she's in uh, in orlando full-time but she only spends a couple weeks a year in this house i don't know if it was just an investment for her or what but it, it works out great for me so i hope uh, i hope it stays around as long as we continue to do it anyway it's nice to get those relationships with people where not only are you saving some money but you're obviously leaving the place decent so now she knows she That's trusts right. you and now yeah i mean you guys just know that 
you're always going back to the same place. She knows you're coming. That's really kind of nice. Yeah, it worked out really, really well. Let's let's talk about bikes. I think uh, you said you got your first one at 16, but how did you first get into riding? Are your parent? Do your parents ride? Yeah, so uh, I mean, uh, growing up, I was on on, on dirt bikes my, my my whole life. I think I got my first one maybe at, at 10, but I really loved it. My mom would never let me race one, but I was always around them, and it could even go to the track some. So I was on two wheels for for you know the majority of my life. But uh, my dad, once I started getting my teenage years, got on the Harleys. Um, and just fell in love with the culture and the freedom that that comes. And so, uh, I can remember at 15, uh, I have an older brother and, and, uh, he was on one and my dad was on one and their whole group of friends and, and they took off. And I was so super jealous that, uh, you know, that I was having to stay back and, and, and didn't have a bike, nor could I, could I, I ride one by myself at that point on the road legally. So, um, I can just remember sitting back and, and seeing those guys take off and being like, man, I, I'm, I'm getting that. As soon as I have the opportunity, I'm getting my own motorcycle. Uh, and I'm going to go enjoy this with them. So at 16, uh, I had started working uh, for a company that, that that was in the industry, you know, doing OEM work for for, for the motor company. And so uh, at 16, as soon as I got uh, my license, uh, we we drove up to uh, to uh, a dealership in uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and picked up my first one. Uh, and it's been history since. I haven't uh, haven't gone any years without a bike since. So I, I've I've been around uh, been around them the majority of my life, uh, my whole adult life, uh, just fell in love with, with Harley and, and what, you know, what, what comes with, with owning one, the brotherhood that comes with that. And, uh, just, just the freedom you get when you're on the road by yourself, uh, or with a group of people, you know, there's just a brotherhood there that, that it, honestly, it, uh, it doesn't compare to a lot of different things. It's something special. It really is. And I don't think if you're not a person that rides, it just doesn't make sense. Cause I don't even know how there, you explain it, it to people. It doesn't, and you know, I think I actually own the shirt, and it's cliche as it sounds, but you know, it, it says something about you know, if you, if you have to explain it, you won't understand kind of thing, and it is one of those things, as cliche as it may sound, is uh, you know, if you've never been on on a, on a bike, and it doesn't have to be a Harley, it could be any two wheel you know, uh, bike. If 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 you haven't ridden one, it's it's hard to understand what it does to you once you get on one, and uh, and the freedom that you feel when you're you know on the open road. So it really is something special. I completely agree. I don't think you told us what that first bike was. So what was that one? Well, let's go all the way back. Your very first bike. Do you remember that bike? Yeah. So I started off on a, an XR70 Honda XR. Again, my, my mom wasn't a big fan of them at all. So I never actually got a, uh, a two-stroke or a race bike. Um, but my uh, XRs, I stayed on those all the way up. You know, a trail bike, but uh, I pushed it to the max. So I was on the track with a, a trail bike, uh, <laughs> breaking cases and the whole deal, just, you know, destroying the bike because I wanted to push it as hard as it would go. And, but my mom would never, ever let me get on a race bike. So uh, I had to make the most of what I had, and, uh, and that's what I did. So I got the uh, XR70 start, and I just kind of progressed up. And uh, currently still have a Honda. I have an XR250 now that uh, I ride with all three of my kids. So they all have Hondas. I've got a, a 50, a 110, and a 125. Uh, in our garage that, uh, that we do as a family uh, now. So been been pretty lucky in that regard. Do you have places on, so one of your things, you said you live on the family farm. How much property That's do you right. have? Are you, do you do all your riding there? Do you have other places you can go where you're at? We do. Um, so we, we, we live on 140 acres, uh, 100 on our side of the road. And my wife's grandmother lives on the other side on 40. So there's a little more land on that side. But we do, we, we have nice large pastures here that we can get out and enjoy. Um, but there's a there's a place called Highland Park just up the road that you know a, a park that has a couple tracks, and hundreds of miles of trail, and so you can go out there and, and spend a lot of time with the kids. Uh, Z, my my Zealand, uh, my my middle, is who who rides who rides the most. But I got my my oldest Sydney uh, a bike when she she turned five, uh, and that one's still the XR50 that that uh, Eden is riding today. Um, but, uh, she got a 125 for Christmas. And so now all of us, we get to spend time together, you know, beating around the farm and, and, and spending time at the, at the Highland Park. So it's something fun for us to, to get into. So if any one of them decide that they wanted to start racing, what's your stance on that? No, I would be completely open to it. I actually, uh, for a short season, we bought Zealand a KTM 65. It was a little bit large and it was one of those uh, that we just found that uh, was a good deal. So I purchased it and, and got him on it. He started, that was his first bike with a clutch, so he got to learn that process. And, 
uh, the bike was just troublesome. It was like every time you turned around, we would put a highlight and it was, you know, something was falling apart. We rebuilt motors. It was just something every time we went. So after that, I just, uh, I bought him a new Honda, uh, the 110 and, and haven't, haven't gotten back into the, to the race bike world. But if he came to me tomorrow and was, uh, you know, stoked and turned up on it, I would absolutely, you know, we would jump in full, full board for sure. Cool. Yeah, you learn a lot on a racetrack for sure. I mean, and what a great idea having all three of the kids on bikes. I'm all for that. I'm yeah, sure you know get them started now. young, man. Yeah, make some better better riders on the road because I have to assume they're going to start riding on the road too. Considering you own the handlebar, sure or you're you're part of the handlebar factory. I sure hope so, man. Uh, you know, it, they're they're around the the industry because of our work, and so uh, you know they see us on on, on the bikes all the time. You know, Zealand is, is eating it up right now as a young, you know, as an eight-year-old. So I can only hope that, you know, when he gets of age, that we'll, we'll be riding down the open road together. Uh, I can remember when we, we first got him on the 50 here on the farm, and uh, he was just out and about riding, and, and I could sit back and see him going. And uh, there was something there, you know, it turns on the inside and uh, excites you uh, when you see and you can think, you know, for the future, not that you want to rush to now, but uh, I could just uh, could see us, you know, uh, spending a lot of time together, you know, developing our relationship as it gets older. And, uh, it's something that you can do, you know, well up into age. So something that you can do for a really long time together. So there's a lot of excitement there and hopefully they'll, they'll continue to, to, to like them and, and to be around them. Does your wife ride? She doesn't. When, when uh, we first got married, she would ride on the back of mine, but she's never ridden one herself. And uh, she really just doesn't have a desire to. Since the kids okay. have been born, she, she, she hasn't been on the back of mine. She obviously likes them and has no problem with them, but just no interest in uh, in her being on one herself. So right now, no, she's not. But who knows, man? You know, when when all four of us leave, and I'm sure there's something on the inside wishing that she was with us. Um, but there's probably another sense in the inside that she's getting to, to hang out and have some quiet time alone. So uh, who knows what that looks like? Well, there might be something said to that too. But how That's cool right. is it though when you throw on your helmet and then you take off down the trail and you got three kids ahead of you leading the way? It is fun. Uh, it is super fun, man. Uh, there's really not, it kind of goes back to the, to the motorcycle, just culture in general. It's really not a whole lot like it. And, uh, you know, there's nerves on this side of it as a parent now, uh, and, and trying to keep up with three of them and some pushing the, you know, envelope more than others, but there's nothing like it, man. It's, it's super, super fun. It is. And, uh, you know, as long as they're protected, do what you can. I mean, they're, they're yep. pretty durable kids are that's of course a, mine a, oh that's that's exactly right yeah i mean uh, we're definitely not one of those that's going to live in fear we're going to go and, and adventure as hard as we can and if that looks like on two wheels and that's what we'll do uh and have a big time at life and uh you know you're not granted tomorrow so whatever that looks like let's go have fun yeah for sure leading to the uh to the road once you turned 16 bought that harley what was it what'd you buy and and what's the progression of bikes so what you got now so uh the first one was a sports i bought an 883 custom the 05 model so for the first uh about three i believe uh we're all three sportsters and uh I, honestly to to today i mean i absolutely love sportsters i think uh they're just a raw rigid bike that um, you can have a lot of fun on obviously you can't carry a lot of things on them but uh just the the, the when i when i think of, of harley myself uh, and it may be because that's what i started on but uh, a sportster comes into it you know there's not a whole lot of frills to them it's a a motor and two wheels and, a, you know, a frame riding down the road. And you can have uh, just as much fun on one of those as you can, you know, the, the new touring bike. You just can't uh, carry as much stuff with you in the process. But uh, so I went from uh, the first three bikes, I stayed on Sportsters. And then in 2015, I bought uh, my first touring bike, which is a, a new Road Glide one. They, uh, they, they released, uh, they, they skipped a year from 13 to 15 on the Road Glide platform and, and, you know, recreated some things. And so on 15, I got my first Road Glide. And uh, today I'm still on the Road Glide. It's uh, a little newer model, but uh, still riding the Road Glide today. But we have a, a Street Glide as well. Um, I'm just not quite as big a fan myself. I, I personally lean to, to taking out the Road Glide every time I have the opportunity and enjoy an open road on that. When you get the opportunity, how many? How often does that happen? Do you? How many miles a year are you putting on bikes? Not near enough, uh, especially with with what life looks like. I mean, uh, as the kids have gotten older, obviously activities take place. You know, they're involved in athletics and all the things that that looks like. But uh, so I don't spend as much time. Honestly, my, the time that I spend on on bikes is, is traditionally at the events. When when we're you know all over the country, I like to spend some time on the bike when we're in Sturgis because the. The, the landscape is uh, is so diverse and, and something different to look at. But 
I don't know how many miles, not, not near enough. I can tell you that um, but <laughs> at the events is where I spend most of my time on the motorcycle. Cause when we're at home, we're either, you know, chasing business or, uh, or, or chasing the kids. So it doesn't allow for as much as I'd like for it to be. Sure. You mentioned riding in Sturgis. What a lot of people don't realize is when we're working all day, when we get to ride, I'm sure you ride in in the morning. That's it's right. Just perfect, cool, crisp That's air, right. and almost nobody is up as early as we are riding. That's exactly right. You can uh, kind of have the roads to yourself. All the the, the, the activities are, are, you know, people are still in bed and things like that. So you're getting up when the sun's coming up, uh, making your trek. And, and for us, we have two locations out there, one in one in Sturgis at the JMP Cycles location, and then we also have one at Blackfield Harley. And so we've got about an hour, hour and ten minute drive every morning uh, in from from actually the other side of Deadwood uh, into uh, to Rapid City. So uh, it, you get to drive up the canyon there, and it's absolutely gorgeous. The sun's coming up. The air is, is, is fantastic. Just really, really, really good mornings to, to refresh your mind after you're, you're about to get hammered by, by the population that's up <laughs> for the rally. So I always think when I'm riding out there, typically it's, it's usually just a couple of us because we stay in Rapid, and, of course, we'll take the back roads to Sturgis because same thing. I mean, we're damn near set up right next to each other at both locations. But mm-hmm. uh, that ride, there's a certain sound that a Harley makes. I've never heard it on another bike, and I think it's just because it's a twin, but you'll get it. As soon as you start to go up those hills and there's like mm-hmm. a uh, the load increase on the engine, you get That's that right. little snap out of the exhaust. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's a growl that comes from it for sure. Yes, and it's like very distinct and it's especially loud out there, which not loud in volume, but you can really hear it because there's so much silence. Air is nice mm-hmm. and thick and cold. It's just that yep. that sound makes me smile every single morning. I absolutely love riding out there. We'll have to get together this year and uh, ride before work. I never even it never even dawned on me that everybody just quick when you get done, you tear down. You know, you go eat and you go back to bed. But we'll have That's to do right. the sunrise, a- get up and meet somewhere like Hill City, and then ride up to one of the locations yeah so we're actually staying toward hill city so that may be a fantastic fit for us uh we've we, we changed houses we continue to grow and uh bring more bodies out there with us to, to, to handle the two different uh locations so uh, we're actually staying out toward hill city this uh this year and so it may be something great for, for both of us to get out and enjoy and, uh, you get such the grind of, of of the daily during the event you know it's a it's it's a it's a hammer down head down just go at it hard for you know 15 16 days so it's definitely needed to clear your mind before the next day starts that's for sure yeah it's it's great we that's kind of it's so funny because that's we we kind of rotate the staff and that's just for that so people you know the other guys can ride in the mornings because mm-hmm. we're five minutes from the black hills harley dealer in rapid but we're an hour mm-hmm. from Sturgis if you take the back roads so and there's a couple different mm-hmm. routes that you can take too that either it's you know an hour or it's an hour and a half mm-hmm. we usually try to rotate and send out the crew different days to go to Sturgis so they get to ride as well that's right your professional life you 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 went to school for business is what you said yeah KST uh can you talk about the company in between or is that a no a no-go zone uh I, mean, I know the story, I but I don't know, know what can be shared, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. For the for the for the base viewer, it doesn't doesn't really matter, right? I mean, the the the, the, what the reality is is I, I started out at sixteen with a with a with a company that was manufacturing parts for for the motor company, and and so that just kind of spun the idea even more, and and my passion for motorcycles. So I worked there through our, you know, uh, in high school I was on a, a program where I could leave and, and go to work, and so. I did that while I was in high school, and then we went to college, and in, in you know breaks and things that allowed me to go back to work, and then I came there full time after school. Once we got done with with college, and, and my wife graduated, we moved back to our hometown, and I, I started working there full time, and so then spent a couple years, two or three years, in a quality control job, and that allowed me just to see the whole product line and all the the, the part process and the new product development, and and just the whole the whole whole gamut of the business. And so then in 2012, we split off and, uh, and started our own company, and, uh, KST Enterprises, the name of it. And, and we have our own private label brand uh, in the motorcycle industry that offers parts to, to Indian uh, and, and Harley-Davidson models across all platforms. So we started that in 2012, and a decade later, February, here we are still uh, hammered down in the industry and trying to learn every day and continue to grow that business into something successful. It's been really cool to watch, too, because... 
like I said, we pretty much met as soon as KST started. I want to say that's it was right. the same year, actually, but it could that's, be off. That's there. right. We our, our first uh, our first year we March, so we started in February, and in March we were trying to to, to figure out how to to create a brand and what that looked like, and created a, a relationship with JMP Cycles and and cultivated that and, and started doing events that March. So uh, it was probably that year that we met very first year in, in Daytona, set up in the same spot that we still set it up, you know, set up in today. Um, and just, you know, keep, keep growing and, and, and developing uh, new, new products to, to be relevant in the industry. Wasn't your first tent a 10 by 10? Uh, was it, it was 20? a 20 by 10. Okay. Yeah. We had a 20 by 10 to start. It was, uh, qu- quite embarrassing, honestly, when you look back on it, but that's just, uh, what it looks like to start a new business, right? Uh, we didn't know what that looked like. And that was our first event. So, uh, what it looked like then and what it looked like now is, is completely different. And, uh, which is a good thing because that just shows growth, you know, over, over 10 years and, and chasing, you know, chasing business and, and that life. So, uh, it was quite, a, quite something to see to start with. That's for sure. It's been really fun to watch. I'm super proud of you guys. It's great. And what's really cool is now I'm, I'm a podcast listener. I listen to all kinds of different ones. I hear your guys' names being mentioned on a bunch of different ones too. And it's not advertisement money. It's, it's people talking sure. about your stuff, which is what you want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it seems that our, our customer base, you know, continually grows. Uh, our dealer network continually grows, and and we've made a, a huge emphasis on, uh, you know, the, the events and, and the the value that an event brings to a company in, in our industry for sure is very very important because it's in front of the consumer consistently, and so uh, life's about a relate, you know, relationships, and so you get to be in front of the consumer at each event all over the country you know, touching different demogra- demographics, and, uh, just people groups all over the country that have, you know, one one passion that's similar, right? And so uh, the motorcycle industry, uh, again, to go back to what we spoke on earlier, it just allows for so many people to get to get brought into something with, with different, different, you know, different lives, period, to come together and enjoy something uh, as one. And, and so we, we really do uh, enjoy the industry and the people that we meet and people like you that have, have similar stories that are chasing the same same deal uh, and that's providing you know a better life for our families but uh, doing it in something that we enjoy and something that we've been around our whole lives so it's, re- it's really fun to see it is talking about growth and the things that have changed there was a new addition to the team this year that i saw that i got to meet down there tell us about that guy yeah man so uh my, my, <laughs> my dad joined the team in january uh, he actually started while i was in utah but uh, he'd been in the car business for 40 plus years and honestly at that uh, at that age where it's close to like man i kind of want to hang it up and, and started you know enjoying he, he's purchased him and, uh, a farm and uh, they're doing that life now and, but anyway uh january he was kind of transitioning from the car business and been in sales his whole life and we were in a position uh, as a company where we were looking for a salesman on the road full time and so it was really cool and the, the opportunity came where it fit uh, you know both of our our lives at the time and so he came on board in January, and uh, he's actually in Colorado this week uh, visiting dealers uh, as we speak. So it's been really, really cool to, to get him on board and kind of show him what professionally what that looks like in, in my world uh, and have him a part of, of, of our lives, you know, in, in, the, in the business realm. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that turns into. You know, it's been a fun start, obviously, you know, only a few months in now, but uh, he's seeing uh, the rally world and, and what that looks like. And, uh, I think Daytona was quite quite open, you know eye opening for him to see, you know what what that looks like and the amount of work that we get put out in you know a couple of days. So uh, it's been fun. Uh, we'll see see how long you know he. I don't know that he'll be there for many 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 years, but we'll see. He's having a good time. It's something completely different, but still doing sales. So really looking forward to uh, to what that comes. Yeah, one thing you mentioned there, it's cool uh, that he gets to see what you do. I I don't know. Did you have you met my dad in Sturgis? Did you meet I him? did, I yes, sir. Okay. I did, so, yeah. Then maybe I already told you this story, but I'll share this with the listeners. But when we're kids, you know, like 14, 15, 16, you get your first job. And typically it's at a restaurant. I think mine was at a pizza place. But uh, your parents come there to see you, and it's kind of embarrassing. And it's like, I don't want, you know, go away. I don't want you seeing me here. You know, that kind of thing. Two Sturgis events ago, so 2020, kind of expressed some interest to come out and I thought that was really cool because he's never seen me similar to you he's never seen me doing what I do now and uh, it was 
it was a treat. I absolutely loved it. And he had a good time, so he came back last year. So I can relate to yeah. your statement there because it's it's very cool. It's hard to explain it to somebody that hasn't had this opportunity. But hopefully your dad mm-hmm. sticks around and hopefully mine keeps coming because I know, same thing, he's a sales guy and he just he, he seems to enjoy it. He's talking to a lot of people. Everybody in the motorcycle world's pretty laid back, you know, and I think your dad would attest to this coming from the car dealership. We don't talk to too many people that are upset. That's right. Yeah, uh, traditionally they're you know they're they're excited about you know w- w- because it's it's one of the things. I mean, there's guys that uh, this is their life, right? Motorcycles, uh, you know, they don't even own a vehicle, but that is their tr- you know transportation. And so uh, when you get to make improvements and and add parts that uh, that bring joy to their life, uh, having conversations with our team, we got thirty plus employees. It's really really fun to try to communicate and relay the joy that that brings in such sometimes it can seem really silly that you know we're making a handlebar for for a motorcycle but to see the smiles and the joy that 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 people get once it's installed and they get to you know ride it down the road you know the comfort that it brings and so there's a lot of things that uh, that seem silly and 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 maybe some folks eyes but to see that excitement uh, at an event again in front of the consumer and get to have fun and you know it's vacation for them so they're you know having a big time uh, that that's that's uh, that's one part of the rally that uh, that you can get lost real quick if if you're not careful because it's such a grind. Um, but if you'll sit back and pay attention to uh, just the smiles, people having fun, uh, that's that's a big value uh, added in, in the rally business for sure. I don't think I could have said that better myself. Perfectly yeah, said. <laughs> it's, it's something that it's something that can get lost quickly. And, and right now, where where joy is hard to find in areas, being in in the industry that you enjoy. Uh, and around, you know, customers, uh, something that they're passionate about and, and improvements they're making to their motorcycles uh, through parts of like our own or, or yours or any, just any of the guys on the rally circuit. Um, you know, they're making improvements and, and, and making it their own. And so you get to be a part of that and, and, and it can get lost real quick. So I try to relay that to uh, to our team members back at the shop that it's super, super important to make sure that you're putting out a really good product at each step builds on the next and uh, because it's bringing joy to somebody's life and uh, if you'll do it you know and take ownership in, in your particular you know be, be the right brick in the wall that, that holds it together it goes a long way uh, and can make people smile and uh, it'll just change your attitude when you're at work on a daily basis doing the same thing over and over again so it's really fun absolutely i will try to relay that message to my team as well i don't think i don't think we do too bad where we're at you know we do different things that we try to do you know in my world it's like we don't sell chrome. We don't sell blinky lights. We don't sell shiny nothing. We sell yeah. a product that people don't usually want to admit they need. So that's kind of our rule. But makes a difference. We provide the experience when they come and see us that makes them remember who we are. And uh, that's right. I- I'm sure, just like you guys, you probably get. I do. Um, people walk up to your tent and they tell you how much your product changed their life. That's right. Those stories yeah, and, when brought uh, back to the shop make a huge difference. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, ours, not much different, honestly. I mean, you, you're, you're sitting on yours, which can, can bring a ton of comfort, right. Uh, and can change your experience on the bike, especially on a long haul. So it's super, super important as, as well as a handlebar, there's some aesthetics that, that go into it. Uh, and it changes the look and appearance of your motorcycle. But, uh, at the end of the day, we're, we're making products that uh, improve their experience, right. And so that experience is important and how they, you know, can get down the road. And so, uh, you know, ergonomics and things like that that come in uh, with a handlebar, we often have guys, you know, every single event talk about, you know, changing their parts, changing their handlebars and, and, and the comfort that it brings them to allow to be able to ride longer and enjoy more. So it goes hand in hand. They're, they're super similar in that aspect of uh, it's bringing comfort so that they can enjoy uh, their time on the bike, you know, that much longer. So it's really, really fun. It is. And I, we send a lot of people your way because, you know, They'll stop by our tent, look for, uh, you know, like they have back issues or, you know, a pain right between the shoulder blades. And I'll be like, come with me, <laughs> walk them right over to your right tent there. and say, this is what you need. Uh, it's crazy. That's right. You know, had I not experienced that, I would have never known that that's where the pain come from. But yeah, getting mm-hmm. your bars in a comfortable position, which people always ask me, how do you ride with those things so high? And then they sit on it and go, oh, wow, that's actually pretty nice. Yeah, when you can re- relax the shoulder blades and uh, really sit back and get comfortable, it can really change the ride. Um, a lot of leverage and things that get into play. So can de- definitely make a big difference. And so that's what we've tried to, to sell to our team um, is that the little things make a big difference and putting smile on faces is important. Um, that's one thing that we've done well 
um, decade into business now is just really servicing the customer and, and keeping them in mind, you know, the, the joy that comes with that. For sure. Um, I'm, I was just scrolling through my notes here. It looks like I've touched on about everything. I did not touch on the Honduras mission trips. How many of those have you gone on? Tell us about those. And do the kids go with? Yeah, absolutely, man. We've, uh, we, we try to do it all together. I don't do many trips without my kids. And, and there's multiple reasons for that. Just showing them what that looks like in the different cultures that, that, that we get to experience. And, at, you know, in different faces is what that looks like. And so Honduras has been one of those things that, uh, we've got, you know, tagged with, with a, a local ministry here that, uh, we're connected to that, uh, has a, a, a mission home and uh, ministry in, in Honduras. And so, uh, I think we've done five trips now down. We try to do two a year, one in the spring, one in the fall and, uh, and really just go see, you know, how we can improve these people's lives. It's, you know, I try to relay the message to our kids that uh, obviously we're blessed to be a blessing. And, uh, when we have the opportunity, let's go share that with other people and whether that be in, in our own country or, or in Honduras, which is, is where we found ourselves and falling in love with the people there that we can, you know, we can have a lasting impact on their lives. And so our, our kids have seen it from, from the beginning. I haven't done a trip without them. And so they I've started at three years old, I think was the first trip uh, with my youngest. And so they've got to see uh, what that looks like. And we go over and build homes for families and uh, do feeding centers and, uh, and just all kind of different ministries just to, to, to show the love of, of, of Christ to them uh, and really just uh, just love on them, you know, just show them that they matter uh, and that people do care for them and uh, and also learn from them because there's a lot to learn from, from that people group. Uh, there's so much joy in, in their smiles, right, when we have the opportunity to, sh- you know, to share love with them and, and that be reciprocated. And, and there's so much to learn about their life and the simple way of living that they do just out of necessity, you know, industry is not a thing there. And so they don't have the opportunities that we have here in America. And so when you're relaying that to your children uh, and showing them that, you know, we are blessed that we live in America and have an opportunity. Uh, so let's make the most of it. And when we make the most of it, we'll, we'll, we're able to to give back to the, to the less fortunate financially. But uh, we have just as much to, to get out of that when we go over and, and share uh, just a smile and, and show somebody that they matter and that they're loved. So it's something that we prioritize and will continue to you know, prioritize because that's what the world needs, that's for sure. And, and you've got to teach the youth now because the way you know, the world looks now, it can be, uh, can be cruel and, and, and mean and, and all the negative things that you see. But when you go over there and, and you get to share the love and, and they get to see it firsthand and experience it and be a part of it, not just watch mom and dad do it, but they get to love on the kids and they get to hand a family a food bag that's going to supply them for you know, a week's worth of food while we're, you know, while we're out and, 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 and giving them food, they get to be a part of that. So it's something that they learn to do and it just becomes firsthand to them. So we, 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 we put a lot of priority on, on trying to teach our, our kids that, uh, you know, there, there's, there's people that don't have as much and we, we have a part of the answer and, uh, and just showing them that love is super, super important. So something that we'll, uh, we'll keep chasing for sure. Yeah, I mean, it really gives them an opportunity to appreciate what they have Absolutely. here. So, good on Absolutely. you. Goals? Do you have any uh, five, ten-year goals for yourself, your family? Um, this is probably the question that you were referring no, to. No, this is not, actually. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, yourself, the, the family, answer. or the uh, the business? I mean, where do you see yourself in five years? You know, just hammer down. Uh, just just keep it, you know, keep living uh, generously. Just obviously continue to grow our business and develop it into to something larger, right? I mean, we're still scratching the surface in a decade. Uh, we found ourselves in, into a profitable business and it takes a lot of work and effort, but uh, obviously we want to continue to drive that and, and, and get better at that each day. I mean, that's, that's, that's why we're in it is, is to continue to grow and develop. And we have a family business, so we're not looking for an out. We want to, uh, to, to continue to grow that and, and, and grow in our, you know, in our relationships with each other and doing business. You know, we were talking about my dad being in business. I mean, ours is a family business completely. My father-in-law involved, my brother-in-law's involved. So, it, it, you know, it, it keeps us together. And, and some would, would, uh, would run from that idea because sometimes that's difficult. Uh, and there are seasons of difficulty that, that come with that. But at the end of the day, we're, we're doing it together. And it's uh, it's a tight, you know, a tight group that we get to uh, spend a lot of time together and do it our way. And so that's been fun. So just, you know, continue to grow our business to, to be in the best it can be, obviously, to, to travel and see the world just uh, even more than we have. 
so that uh, we get to experience the way of life that others do and, and can grow to appreciate what we have. So definitely something that uh, that we're going to continue to prioritize. But I, if I sit back for, for five years, I don't have a, you know, a, a, a goal that's just black and white other than, you know, just chasing life uh, and chasing it hard because you're not, you're not promised tomorrow. So we just continue to, to live it now one step at a time in front of us and really just, just live it to the best that we can. That's cool. You've alluded to the questions. I've warned you about those. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Anything I missed? Anything you want to talk about? Anything you can think of? I don't, man. You know, this is my first time on one. And it's uh, like, like we talked about right before we started. It's really cool to sit back and you ask for a bio and you start, you know, uh, writing that out a bit. And uh, writing out a bit of your own history is, is quite fun uh, and enlightening to see where you, well, you've come to, to where you are now. And that's kind of what the bio is, is kind of laying out. And, uh, it's pretty exciting to realize how blessed you really are and, and what you have and the responsibility that you carry. And uh, so it's really fun, but I, I don't have anything uh, that comes right off hand. Okay, well, cool. So the project now for you has to be to sit down with your wife and say, how can we add to this? And let's just keep this on a file somewhere <laughs> so the kids that's can look right. back at this. That's right. Uh, this podcast will be something that's stored because, again, it's just kind of taking a glimpse of where we've come from and, and where we plan to go. And, and hopefully it continues to build and, and develop into uh, to the perfect life, right? Just to a really, really, really good life and, and something that they can all relate to as they grow and develop as well. Yeah, absolutely. So my five questions, ask these on every show. Uh, you're admitted to not listening, so I'm not worried about you having any thought into these. I had to actually start changing questions because people are now have planned answers so I got I got to right. mix it up on them, but uh, the I, first... I haven't done that. So you're going to get me right here. <laughs> the The first question would be a belief. Okay, so something you believe that other people think is insane. It's hmm. um, a very good question. I mean, the the way that we're re- you know raising our children, and you know, not everybody thinks that it's insane, but. Um, I mean, there are definitely aspects of our life that we do differently that, that some have hesitation toward I and mean, how we chase after uh, the most of life. And that looks like travel. That looks like the way we, you know, are educating our kids. You know, the, the way that we do life can, can, can look insane to some, not to all, but to some. But it's something that we feel like we're supposed to be doing and doing it right. And it just, you know, there's there's some things in life that you, you have questions about and, and you're trying to figure out and, and you just have to go off of the piece that you have inside of you. Uh, and that's one area that we feel like we're doing, you know, the right thing and, and really trying to raise up good quality kids that understand that, that again, we're, we are blessed and, and, uh, and have an opportunity to be a blessing to others. So I would just say that some may, may think that the way that we've chose to uh, raise our kids in, in, you know, I mean, we have a home, a home base, but we spend a ton of time, out on the road and uh, and I, we place you know high value on that and so uh, some would would look at that and say man you're not you know consistency there you know and, you know they're not in academics the way that, that most are and things like that we we think we're doing it right and, and the piece that we have inside of our you know our decisions tend to come forth so we're, we're, we're happy we're, with what decisions we made for sure yeah as you should be I like that one the next question what is the worst advice that you see or hear being dispensed? in our world motorcycles the world of motorcycles the worst advice you see or hear being dispensed i mean there's a there's an element of of, of people out there that, that that think motorcycles too dangerous or you know oftentimes not leaning on the motorcyclists but on, on on the traffic that's on the road and things like that and I guess my argument or, or rebuttal to that would be the fact of, of again where we came back to originally is uh, it's hard to explain the freedom that you feel on two wheels, and uh, so I wouldn't be turned off to that. I would I would say uh, to chase after that the, the joy that comes uh, with riding a motorcycle and uh, and don't live scared and, and really just go after it. See if it's something that you may be you know may may find joy in. So someone handing out advice, you know, people always advise on everything. What would be the worst one that you've heard? Mm-hmm. I don't know, Craig. Or just bad advice that you hear commonly. Um, I don't know. You've got me stumped, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, don't hear, I, I don't hear too often too much negative in, in the motorcycle world. You know, 
So what comes to mind like a lot of time is people, you know, they'll start asking advice for a first bike and someone will tell them, yeah. you know, just obnoxiously the wrong direction. And you're like, wait a minute, this dude's never yeah. rode. He should not be on a, on a road glide or, you know, yeah. something like that. So I just, I always like to see if anything comes to mind when I ask that question, because then I can not only check myself, like, am I telling people that, but also listeners can go, Oh yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, you got nothing... there might be some. Yeah, there might be some advice from 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 my handlebar business wise, uh, where guys, you know, there's plenty of, of, of folks out there that they look at our parts and and they they they're turned off by the fact that oh, this is an ape hanger when when oftentimes they're not a traditional ape hanger, um, and they may be turned away from the idea of like, like you said on your own personal bike. You know, how, how do you ride them that high? Which is, is really not that bad of a, a advice, maybe, but it comes down to, well, yeah, have you tried them and the, and the benefits that come with uh, riding a, a mini ape or an ape finger, if you will, and, and getting comfortable so that you have a relaxed back and shoulders and uh, the, the longevity that you can get by riding some of these, the leverage that you get in turns by using uh, a taller bar than stock. So some of that could come into play for sure uh, in that regard. Sure. Okay. Question number three. Now, this could be an investment of time, money, energy, or any other resources. What is the best or most worthwhile investment you have made when it comes to your world with motorcycles? Um, so I guess I would start by saying, you know, buying my first motorcycle, a financial investment that obviously it costs you money, um, but it's changed my life for the last, well, half of my life, actually, at 33, so almost half of my life, uh, you know, if I wouldn't have made that stand, would I be in the same position that I am today? And I, I don't know that it, yes is the answer, you know, from, from, from the motorcycle side, that would definitely come into play. Uh, and then starting your own business can be scary and uh, the things that go with that. But, you know, you have to, uh, to be really dedicated and, and hardworking and driven. Some of my background in athletics and, and wrestling gave me a, uh, you know, a mindset that it doesn't really matter how hard it gets. You just put your nose to the ground and go to work. And if you do it the right way, then right things will come doing the, you know, just, just, if you'll do it right, honest, uh, then the good things follow. So you're really just putting your grind, you know, your nose down and going to work every day and, and being creative and just doing it the right way. That, that would be an investing, uh, you know, into to, to the motorcycle industry, in my opinion. Sure. No, that's good advice in life. That's right. Speaking of good advice, um, I asked you what the worst advice you see or hear is. What is the best advice you have personally gotten as a motorcyclist? Um, I, I would say uh, as someone who rides a motorcycle, the best advice is uh, obviously if you're riding the correct way and, and paying attention is going to be paying attention to the drivers, to the other folks on the road. Uh, oftentimes, uh, I don't know real statistics, but I would lean to say most accidents happen based on you know, other drivers that create the accident. So just being aware and being, uh, you know, present while you're riding a motorcycle is super important because you never know when somebody's going to pull out in front of you or you don't know when somebody's going to turn over uh, into your lane and things like that. So really just paying attention to uh, to the surroundings and making sure that, you're, you know, you're keeping yourself safe. For sure. And statistically, I would say you are correct because I believe statistically most accidents happen at intersections when the motorcyclist mm -hmm. has stopped. Did you know that? That's right. No, I didn't, so, but I can, I can definitely, definitely see it for sure. Yeah, so pay attention to where you're stopped, and uh, if you're directly behind a vehicle, or I usually try Somebody to be just off to you. the side. Yep. Definitely. Last question, just simply asking if you have any asks or requests of my audience. So you can ask all of us for whatever comes to mind, if you have anything you'd like everybody to do. Go ahead and ask it. No, I don't know that I have any questions, man. I, I, I really don't. Uh, maybe something that I could come to mind and we do another, you know, another one one day. But um, I don't know that I have any questions. Okay. Are you on Instagram, Facebook? Any social we media are, we, that you want people following I, you on? You personally or KST I, I don't, directly? I don't. I don't do it personally. Um, this is not a, a huge fan, but I understand the importance of it. And so we do have a uh, KSD Customs uh, handle for uh, Facebook and also Instagram um, that you could go and, and check us out. We, we do a poor job at that, and that is definitely an area of improvement that we could uh, could change. But uh, we do have both uh, so that you can go and check out uh, you know, some of our products and, and tags that, that we've done over the years. 
So what's the, is it? It's at KST Customs. That's right. And and there's no dash dashes or spaces or anything. And K- it's not. It's custom, customs with a K. Yes. So KST K Customs KST Customs with a K on Instagram. That'll find you on Facebook too, I think. That's right. So I'll find that, and I will put I'll put links in the show notes below, so everybody can uh, can tag, or can just click the links and go right to your pages. But uh, that's about all I got. Um, I think we're good. I think we've talked about everything. Uh, we've covered all the notes, folks. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. You can always go back and start from the beginning if you'd like to hear all the stories. You can follow the adventures on Facebook or Instagram by looking for at the real wild ass. And of course, I am Wild Ass Craig on all of the same social media outlets. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for listening, and uh, we will see you again in a couple weeks. Of course, thank you again, Brett, for coming on. I appreciate your time. It's 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 been an honor. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely, man. We appreciate it. Uh, it was much much more fun than I anticipated. Uh, really enjoyed it, and uh, always uh, always a pleasure to, to have a conversation with you. Awesome. Thank you.